I thank you for our time together today. Lord, I thank you for um, each and every person in this house that's come with expectation. You said those that are hungry shall be filled. And so I ask you to fill them today with hope, fill them with faith, fill them with courage today to go and grab a hold of what they need in their life right now. Lord, we thank you for your word. It's the incorruptible seed. It is the sure foundation for which we build our lives upon. And Lord, today as we talk about these building blocks, Lord, let us not just hear about them, but let us hear about them in our spirit, catch a hold of of these principles to help us stand strong in crazy times. Lord, I pray for those watching online and listening or watching this at a later date. Lord, I ask you to give them ears to hear, eyes to see what you want to show them. Help them to build their faith today for their family, for their future, for your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. If you're new to IFC or you've just come in the last week or so, we're in a faith foundation series, and we're talking about the importance of having a foundation of God's word and having faith in God's word because we're living in some sketchy times. I said, we're living in some sketchy times. This morning, I, I, was, I, I was getting up to pray, and just like you, I, I, the news app pops up on my iPad, and, and it's talking about monkeypox. And I'm thinking, what? Come on, we just got done with COVID, and it's talking about gas prices and recession and the war that's still going on. And, and in a matter of like two minutes, all of a sudden, man, I was pumped to go to church, and I'm like, whoa, 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 man. Look at everything that's going on around us. And everywhere we go and everything that we face and other people that we face, it's right in our face that things are sketchy right now. And fear is being broadcast at a level that has never been in society before because we all have a bullhorn in our pocket. And they're pumping fear through the bullhorn. As long as you'll listen to it, it's always going to be there telling you you're not going to make it. Better watch out. Better get another vax. Better do this. Better save your money. Better get a shovel and dig it and hide it in the ground. And I want to tell you this. That's not how we're called to live. As believers, as Christ followers, we are called to, to build a foundation of faith and security for us and for those that God's called us to minister to in sketchy times foundations have never been more important your quality of life is determined by the foundation you used to build upon yesterday and the quality of your life tomorrow will be evidence of the foundation you have or don't have tomorrow listen to this we just sang about this in Matthew chapter 7 I just want to recap for a minute and then we'll get to today's message but Matthew 7 24 through 27 out of the message Kind of our foundational scripture, no pun intended. Uh, These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. These aren't bonus rooms. This isn't a separate extra garage. This isn't a, a new master bathroom suite. No, these aren't homeowner improvements to your standard of living. These are the foundations, the foundational words. They're words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are smart like the carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Everybody say solid rock. rock. The rain poured down and the river flooded and then a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. Say it was unmovable. It was fixed to the rock. But, But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like the stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. And when the the storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. 
These verses are telling us that the storms of life are great revealers. We've been uh, shared with through the scripture over and over that we're going to live through perilous times. You know, I know a lot of us, we want to we wanna be escape the perilous times and we want to pray that that stuff never comes near us. And, and I believe in that, but here's the thing. We are supernatural beings. We talked about this last week. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Listen, you're a supernatural being, but you're living in a natural environment. For now. I said for now. This isn't our eternal home. We're just passing through. In fact, we're just on vacation. Actually, we're on assignment. This is not our final stop. We were created in the image and likeness of God, created to, to live with Him eternally because we're spirit beings. But that means that our spirit beings have to be tuned into His spirit so we can make it through these natural events. These storms are just revealers. Listen to this. Storms don't make us or break us. They just reveal the quality of our foundations. Pastor Jonathan has shared this with us for the last five, six years that I've been here. Storms don't make us or break us. They just reveal the true us. They reveal the true foundation. They separate the men from the boys, the women from the girls. Storms are the indicators of is your faith anchored to the word or is it built on sandy temporal situations, circumstances, feelings, and opinions of others? I want to charge you today, don't live your life based on any of that. The only true foundation is the word of God, the sure rock. The sure rock. The one thing that will stand no matter what happens. His word is eternal. It's forever settled in heaven. If he said it, he's going to do it. You say, how can you say that? Because I'm saved. It's the same principle for which I have based my salvation. I find it weird that people think that this is something new or something different. But it's actually the essence of how you got saved. You believed, you received, you saw yourself different, you confessed with your mouth, and you believed that your spirit was transformed in a moment. It's the same with your marriage. It's the same with your crazy kids. It's the same with your checkbook. It's the the same with your house and your broke-down car and your broke-down body. It's the same with your broke-down mind. The same way that we got saved with the foundation of God's Word is the same way we walk from victory to victory, from faith to faith. Each and every day of our lives, it's a foundation. This isn't some bonus program. I said it last week. People say, oh, you're those name and claim it people. You can say whatever you want, put a title on. We're just believers that the word is true, and when we find it, we're going to stand on it. Storms don't make us or break us. They reveal the quality of our foundations. In week one, we talked about faith comes by. Faith comes by. It comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word. We talked about in week two that faith, once it's been heard, it sees the unseen. You can't be around faith preaching and faith teaching and not get a different picture of God's plan for your life. It's impossible. 
Faith dispels fear. Faith brings light. It brings clarity. It brings understanding. It brings wisdom and understanding. It brings what we call revelation knowledge. And the more you're around the word and it's in your ears and in your eyes, faith is developed in the form of a picture on the inside of you. And you start saying, this isn't how my marriage is supposed to look. This isn't how my body's supposed to feel. This isn't what my checking account is supposed to look like. This isn't what my, my, my mental state is supposed to be like. This isn't the picture of the family I read about in God's word. Gives you a picture and then as you see the picture, it develops into words. Faith hears and then it sees and then it speaks. Faith hears the word and then it sees it on the inside and then out of that picture, it begins to speak by faith. Well, you sound like crazy people because you, you look sick. But you're saying you're healed. Well, yeah, you're seeing it from the outside. I'm seeing it from the inside. We all know you're broke. I don't know why you keep saying you're blessed and highly favored. You sound like a crazy person. No, you sound like a crazy person. You believe in what the world has told you above God's word. I ain't crazy. Turn to your neighbor and say, he might be a little crazy. Faith hears. And then faith sees. And then faith begins to... It does what? It speaks. What does it sound like? It sounds like God's word. How do you know if it's faith talk or trash talk? Because there's, there's two kinds of talk. There's faith talk and then there's trash talk. Trash talk is what everybody else is saying. It just clogs you up and bottles you down. But faith talk builds you up and increases your courage to go after something that nobody else can see. Let me say this way. You can talk yourself into a better life. But not by talking just anything. You align your words with his word and you can talk yourself into financial breakthrough. I did it. I know what it's like to be broke and not be able to take care of your family. And I found God's word. I dug them up and I plastered them all over my house like a crazy person. And I began to see a picture of prosperity and increase in my life. And then I attached my words to them. Words like, I'm blessed going in, I'm blessed going out. When I tie, the windows are open. And you start living like this. What's he doing? I just want to be there when it, when it drops. Listen, I know what it's like to, to look at natural things and people think you're crazy. I want to say it to you again and again and again. You are not normal. You're not like everybody else. Stop putting yourself in a box based on culture. Turn off the stupid phone, man. Shut down the social media. They are pushing you into a box of conformity and it's limiting the blessings of God in your life. Shut it off and turn it up in your ears. The word, hearing the word, it produces an image of faith. And then as I speak the word, I release my faith. Listen to this statement. I love this statement by, uh, by Mark Hankins. He says, the activation of all revelation begins with confession. The activation of all revelation begins with your confession. Faith comes by hearing, but faith is activated or released by the words of our mouth, our confession. You could say it this way, your voice is the key that starts the engine. 
You can have all the fuel in the car. You can have all the electricity in your electric cars. You can have the perfect car, but without the key, it's useless. What's the key to to getting this thing to move down the road? It's your words. It's the voice inside of you that's giving you a signature in this universe. Oh, I I wish I could just talk about this, and maybe we will another time. I wish I could just talk about this for like eight weeks. The the power of your words and that you've been given a unique voice. And that there's something about your voice that God placed in you to be spoken in this earth. It's part of your destiny. And the reason most people miss their destiny and their calling is because they haven't given voice to what they see on the inside. Or the voice that they are giving is contrary to what God's word says. Listen to this. There's four voices in your life. I'll give these to you real quick. There's four voices. Everybody say four. There's the voice of God, number one. He speaks. He's still speaking today through his word, through the Holy Spirit. Number two, the second voice is the voice of the enemy. And many times, most of us hear, excuse me, the voice of the enemy more than we do his voice. Because the devil don't shut up. He's constantly talking. He's constantly talking. There's God's voice. There's the voice of the enemy. Then there's the voice of others around us. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody has a voice. And then the fourth voice is your voice. Which one's the most powerful? Oh, God's voice is. No, no, no. God's word, God's voice isn't the most powerful voice. It's taking God's word and putting it in your voice. That's the most powerful voice on the planet. Listen, he's already spoken. Hear this. He's already said and done everything he's going to do. His words have already been released. They've already created the potential and the power for your life to be transformed. The most powerful voice is your voice when you put God's word in your ears. Get a picture and then on the inside you begin to release that over your marriage, over your kids, over your finances, over your health. When you release your voice, you're turning the vehicle on and saying, now we're going somewhere. Your voice. First service with me now. Your voice was the activator of your salvation. Don't get it twisted and don't leave and say, well, he said if we can, you know, if we can just confess it, we can have anything. I didn't say that. I said if you can find it in his word. If you can find it in his word, guess what? You, you've got some hope now. And find two scriptures, you've got, you've got some faith now. Find three scriptures and guess what? You've got a foundation now. You find six or ten, men. you got walking room. you got jumping room, shouting room. You can kind of move around in that area of faith. And then when you release your words, guess what? Things have to change. Your salvation is the way that this started. Romans 10, 8 says, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we, that we What? Well, you have to proclaim it. What is a proclamation? It's something that's said with authority. If you declare, here it is again, nine. If you declare, I say declare. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and and then you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be? How many of you saved in here? How'd you get saved? You believed it in your heart and then you declared it with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. And then you were saved for it was with your heart that you believed and that justification came into your life that just as if you never sinned, 
And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith. And, and through that, you're saved. Could I take you all the way back to the day you got saved? Do you remember that day? You remember that day that faith came into your ears and, and the Holy Spirit quickened you and you said, I, I want that kind of life. And then someone gave you an invitation and they said, hey, hey, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you, you, you're going to be transformed right now in a moment. You believed it. And then you declared it. Some of us did this two weeks ago. Some of us did this 20 years ago. Some of us did this 50 years ago. Why is it any different today? If it's concerning your salvation, the transformation of your spirit, why can't it transform your marriage? Why can't it transform your financial situation? Listen, if the same spirit is, is big enough and bold enough to raise a dead man from the grave, listen, your checking account's no big deal. Your 401k that seems like it's going down, down, down. It's no big deal to him. But the question is, do you believe it and will you speak it? Just as the same way you did when you were saved. Hebrews 11.3. Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith we see that the world was called into existence by God's word. What we see naturally was created by what we didn't see. I love this phrase, called into existence. Called into existence. What doesn't exist? Well, call it into existence. Well, the, the cure for what I have, it, they don't have a cure for. Why don't you just call it into existence for yourself and for those others that have been diagnosed with the same junk they're saying you got? Well, there's, there's, the, there's no financial way that I can get out of this mess. Why don't you call it into existence? Amen. Why don't you call increase like you call your dog in the rainstorm? Yes. You ever get mad at your dog? Yes. Hey, come on in. Let's go, Fluffy. Come on, get inside. It's cold out here. Let's go. Y'all done that? You got cute little, we don't have a dog, so. But you do. You got cute little dogs, and they, they run around in the yard. He said, come on, let's go inside. And they continue to run around. The more you talk, the further they run. And there gets to a point where you're like, hey, hey, Fluffy, we ain't got time for this nonsense. We're going to be late for church. Let's go. Come on, let's go. Hey, get in the house. And he ignores you and continues to run around. And then you have to get off your porch, and you got to go down there, and your voice gets a little bit louder, right? And you start calling him and say, dude, you better get in this house. Are you about to get a size 12 on your rear end? Let's go. Get in the house. <laughs> Y'all know you talk to your dogs like that. And then there's the point where you got to get off the porch and you're like, Dad, gum it if I have to. And you go down there and snatch that dog and you, you call him back and carry him into the house. It's the same way with our words. What are you calling into your house? Stop calling health and healing like, hey, uh, healing, come. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm healed. Listen, let's get aggressive about the way and the tone. We've been given the incorruptible seed. Hey, faith and healing belong in my body. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I forbid any malfunction to happen in this vessel. I was created with a purpose. Body, cells, organ, tissue, I command you in the name of Jesus to line up with the word of God. He sounds crazy. Only if you're sick. Will you turn into somebody else? Because once you've been sick, you don't want to be sick anymore. 
I know what it's like to have the doctor say, we don't know what's wrong with you. Just go home and just, just hang out. Listen, when I got home and he said he doesn't, he's the professional. He doesn't know what's wrong. Faith was activated in me. And I had to get aggressive about what I knew belonged to me. And I started calling healing into every cell and organ and tissue of my body. I forbid malfunctions. I am the body of Christ. Satan hath no power over me. Greater is he that lives on the inside of me than this nonsense that they can't name. Somebody in here, you need to hear this today. Forget about what everybody else is doing. When you get desperate enough, you will call things into existence and they will show up and people say, well, what happened? He had a miracle. Well, not really. I just did what he said to do and it showed up. I just placed the order. Calling things into existence. Call your miracle in. Call your family back in. Call your health back to order. Faith has a voice. Use it and release it. Well, you know, I just, Pastor, I'm one of the people. I just call it as I see it. I know, and that's the problem. I believe it when I see it. I know. And right there, based on what you said, is the problem. Well, I don't know if I believe that. We already know that. You just told us. Your faith is coming out of your mouth or the hindrance of your faith is coming out of your mouth. I want to challenge you to put a guard over your mouth. Psalm says, help me put a guard over my mouth that I wouldn't speak against your favor in my life. Some of us just need to shut up for a while. Shut up and put the earbuds in and hear, our, hear the word and hear the word until we see the picture and then only speak the picture. Uh, I'm calling it like it is. Stay where you're at then. Stay stuck. Stay broke. Stay sick. That's not who I want to be, and that's not God's best for you. Partner with him and his word. Let his word be the activator in your mouth for the thing that you need. I know that's tough preaching, but there's a point where you've got to understand this is the difference between life and it's where it's in the it's in the power of the, it's in the power of the, isn't it interesting when you go to the doctor, one of the first things they want to check is your tongue. Sir, stand on the scale. Holy moly. Sir, stand straight up. Let's measure your back. Sir, we'd like to, to do your blood pressure. Now stick out your tongue. Stick out my tongue. For some of us, that's the indicator right there. Stick out your tongue. What are you saying? That's where the problem is. Oh, we got it. It's not your height. It's not your weight. It's not your kidney. It's not your back. It's simply your tongue. The way that you're using your tongue is killing you. That's the thing that's hurting you. This is what they call old school faith. This, this is what the founders of our church birthed this vision with, was an understanding of the word as a foundation. And when we hear it long enough, we'll see a picture of it. And when we speak it, it'll show up. Look around at what's here. Look around at the, the families and the generations and the nations that are gathered here today. This is not by accident. It was by the spoken word of God. You and I are receiving the, the, the great word of God because people, a group of people, pioneers, said we're going to say something different 
We're going to say something different than everybody else in New England. We're going to plant a life-giving church where the nations gather and generations worship together. And from that place, they will affect the world all the way back to the nations that they were birthed in. It didn't happen by accident. It happened by a faith foundation in God's word. I wish y'all would help me today. The fourth building block with five minutes left is once you've heard the word, you see it and then you speak it. But then you have to act upon it. Faith takes action. Faith comes by hearing. And then it sees the image on the inside and then we speak that word as we've been talking about. But lastly, it requires an action of your physical body. Listen to this in James 2, verse 14. He says, dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this? If you just learn all the right words but never do anything? So Pastor Paul was talking about on Friday night. You can confess the word all day long until your tongue swells up, but it's once you speak it, you now have to do something with it. He says, does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, if you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half starved, and you say, good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Spirit. And then you walk off without providing so much as a goat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you or where does that get them? Isn't it it obvious that that God talk, listen to this, isn't it obvious, everybody say it's obvious, that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? It's a strong word right here. He says, I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith department. I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my faith and works. Works and faith, they fit together, hand in a glove. James tells us faith without works is... At some point, you've got to hear it so you can see it. And then you've got to be bold enough to declare it and speak it. And then you've got to chase those words down with actions. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. In fact, it's not really faith at all. It's just words. The literal Greek translation for the word works is corresponding action. Your words and your corresponding actions together are faith. Therefore, it's accurate to say that faith without corresponding actions is completely dead. You and I know believers who they could quote the word from the top to the bottom, but they're still struggling in areas of their life. I've been one of them. And many of you have been there before where you knew the word. I know what the word says and I'm speaking the word, but there's this component that's been missing, and that is you taking a step of faith in the natural realm, to allow God to show up and work on your behalf. I want to read you a few scriptures out of Hebrews chapter 11. I pray these fuel you this morning. If you've never spent any time in Hebrews 11, we call this the the faith hall of fame or the heroes of faith. These These are the stories that we talk to our children about upstairs in kids' world. And these are the stories that God's given us, and these were men and women who our lives are to be modeled after. They all took action on what they believed. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. 
For it was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. By an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. They looked all over and they couldn't find him because God had already taken him. By faith, everybody say, by faith. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land and he was warned about something he couldn't see and he acted on what he was told. By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. And when he left there, he had no idea where he was going. It was by an act of faith that he lived in the country promised him. By say, by faith. By faith, Abraham, at the time of testing, he offered Isaac back to God, acting in faith. He was ready to return the promised son, his only son that he had been to receive him. And after this, he had already been told, your descendants shall come from Isaac. How can you offer up the son from which God promised your descendants would come from? You do it by faith. By an act of faith, Isaac reached into the future and blessed Jacob and Esau. By an act of faith, Jacob on his deathbed blessed each of Joseph's sons in turn, blessing them with God's blessing, not his own. It was by an act of faith that Joseph, while dying, prophesied the exodus of Israel and made arrangements for his own burial. It was by an act of It was an act of faith that Moses' parents hid him away for three months after his birth. It was by faith that Moses, when he had grown up, he refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. It was by faith that he chose a hard life with God's people rather than an opportunistic, soft life of sin and oppression. By an act of faith, Israel walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. The Egyptians tried it and they drowned. It was by faith. Israelites marched around the city of Jericho seven days. And the walls came crashing down. It was by an act of faith that Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed spies into her house and helped them escape the destruction that came upon those who refused to trust God. Why are they in the hall of faith? Why are they such esteemed heroes in the body of Christ? Because they lived by faith. They took action on their faith. They didn't just talk about the Red Sea being parted. They stepped right in when there was still water in the river. They were people of faith because what seemed crazy to march seven times around the most fortified city on the planet by faith. The Bible says that they didn't just fall down. The earth actually opened up and those walls fell into the earth and they stormed right in. How did that happen? By an act of faith. By an act of faith. We stand strong on the foundation of God's word. It's not merely talking about it. I have a friend, he's a drill instructor, was he's a retired Marine Corps drill instructor, he's a master drill instructor. And he used to say to me all the time, he said, hey, let's not just talk about it, let's be about it. That was like his life motto. Everybody can talk about it, let's be about it. And I want to charge you with that today. As a church, as a body of believers that are gathered together under the name of Jesus. Let's not just talk about it. Let's be about it in our marriages, 
in our finances, in the raising of our children, in the health and conditions of our physical bodies, our souls, and our minds. What actions do you need to take today? Don't just talk about it. Be about it. For, for Steph and I and our family, our greatest memories were defining moments that were just on the other side of action. Listen to this. Our greatest moments were defining moments, but they were always on the other side of action that needed to be taken. When we were broke, our financial freedom was on the other side of signing up for a class called FPU. Financial Peace University. It was a step of faith and I didn't want to do it. Talking about eating beans and rice. Stop going out to eat. Drive an old car so we could get out. That was an act of faith to go to the class. And then we got there and they said, hey, get all your credit cards out. We're going to cut them up tonight. I said, we're going to do what? And the guy said, by faith, cut those suckers up. and Get you some envelopes and live on a cash system. And watch what God does in your work. It sounds like craziness. That was an act of faith. It was something natural, physical. But Steph and I went to get premarital counseling and met with pastors and with counselors. It was a step of faith that we were taking to make sure that there was a bedrock of God in our relationship moving forward. It takes faith to call somebody and say, I need help with my marriage. It takes faith to sign up for a life group that you know is going to challenge you. I'm getting real practical because everybody thinks that that acts of faith are some crazy stuff. No, they're simple, simple steps. It takes an act of faith. Listen to me right now. If you're broke and you're complaining, it takes an act of faith to honor God with $10 out of every hundred. It's not hard. Oh, it's so hard. When you ain't got nothing and 10 bucks shows up and you got $10,000 worth of debt, It's hard to give one to God. But as we begin to honor God in our tithes, it was an act of faith. Lord, I need this. I need this. We don't have nothing. And they want to take what we don't have. I'm honoring you by faith in the tithe. I'm going to tell you right now, it's one of the most powerful things that I've ever done in my life is partner my finances with God's finances. I can tell you this today, 10 years ago, we were in a completely different boat than, we were in, than we're in now. God's blessed us. Why? Because we trusted Him. We took steps of faith. The miracle house that we bought with no credit, there was acts of faith that had to be there. I had to call a realtor and say, hey, we want to look for a house. Well, what, what have you been approved for? I don't know. But I want to go look at some houses. Okay, let's go look at some houses. We looked at houses by faith. Well, you sound like a crazy person again because you said you don't know how much money, you don't have a credit score, you got no loan, but you're looking at houses. Yeah, by faith. And we would walk these houses and I would say, Lord, is this the house? Is this the house? No, this ain't the house. No, this ain't the house. And no, this ain't the house. And 15, 16 houses later, I walked down and I was like, this is the house. Well, it's, uh, oh, no, but this is out of your guys' price range. I just wanted to show it to you. I'm thinking, you dummy. I can't afford this house. You know what's great is having a realtor that lives by faith, that'll walk with you and dream with you. And then I called the mortgage place and they said, hey, it seems it's crazy, but we'll we'll, we'll get all the money you need. What what kind of house do you want to buy? And I said, no, y'all are crazy. I don't make that kind of money. What was it? It's an act of faith, filling out the credit application, 
Some of you want to go to college and say, I can't afford it. Fill out the application. Fill out the loan form. Let God do the other work. Stop trying to do his part. You do your part. Do the natural. He'll do the supernatural. We're partnered with him. What's the little thing? What's the little thing? Our destiny was altered when we packed up our furniture and left California not knowing where we were going. Just knowing this season's over. Most people will stay in a season of the past because they haven't got a season of the future in their heart yet. I'm going to tell you this. Until you pack it up and get out of that house and put everything in boxes and get in the car and start driving on I-10 East, he ain't going to tell you. He doesn't move parked cars. He's waiting for somebody to get in the car, put in drive, and head down the road. And guess what? If you're going the wrong direction, you can say, at least I'm driving. I'm doing it by faith. And at that point, he can say, hey, make a right turn here. I'm going to direct you to where you're supposed to be. Some of you are waiting for a season change in your job because, well, nothing else has opened up. Hey, take a day off and go fill out all the applications of the job you want. You do the natural. He'll do the supernatural. It now becomes not just talk. It becomes walk. What does a walk of faith look like? It just means moving. It just means moving. I don't know what way to move. I was listening to Pastor Verna's testimony about when she was sick and she was, she was in bed thinking, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. She said, I got up every morning and put on my clothes and brushed my teeth and put on my makeup and dressed my hair like people who, well, who are well do. Listen, when you're sick, it's easy to stay in bed. Because that's what sick people do. But when you get an image that you're healthy and whole and everything's being restored, you get up in the morning, you take a shower, and you put on your makeup, and you do your hair, and you get ready for God's plan for the day. Well, I don't feel it. I didn't say anything about feeling it. You're doing it by faith. Practical steps of faith. Your greatest breakthrough is on the other side of action steps that need to be taken. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. Father, we thank you for our time together today. Just raise your hands right where you are. Father, we thank you. Go ahead and stand to your feet with me. Father, we thank you that your word, we believe your word above what any other information source may reveal Lord today we raise our hands and we we surrender our lives back to you if we've if we tried to build our own foundation on something else forgive us Lord today we declare you are faithful you are true you will not fail us you never have you never will you're the same yesterday today and forever Father we thank you that we're fully resourced funded and equipped to do everything you've called us to do in Jesus' name. If you're in here and you need a financial breakthrough, just put, everybody put your hands, you put your hands right up, put them up right now. I, say, I need a new job. I, I, need, I need more money. I, I, I'm in debt. I, I need God's supernatural provision. Put your hands up. I'll pray for you. But then you take a step this week. Honor God with your giving. Tithe out of faith. Lord, I thank you for revealing to these that your hand is upon them, that your favor's gone before them, it's followed behind them, it's surrounding them like a shield. They're in the right place at the right time with the right people, fully resourced and supplied to fulfill the destiny that you have on their life. Thank you, Father, for financial increase. 
take you at your word. And so we honor you in our tithe. We honor you in our seed. We ask you to open the windows of heaven upon us in Jesus' name. I want us to do one more thing. We'll sing this song one more time as we close. I want to ask you, what is it that you need? What step of faith do you need to take? What words do you need to take back? And what words do you need to release? Right now where you're at, just close your eyes. You talk to the Lord. Maybe your tongue is your problem. Repent. Put a guard over your mouth. Speak life. Make a commitment right now in this moment that God's Word is going to be the foundation of your life.